This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After a long summer, we're back ready to do it all again. It's Monday the 17th of July. This is your first episode of the 2023-24 season. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And this is the City Report Podcast. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Joining me for the first episode of the season is Adam Booker. Another another campaign is a is ahead of us. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. I've been uh, <clears throat> enjoying the summer break. Luckily, there's been no uh, kind of mega transfer sagas that City have been going through. No no Grealish or Holland or Kane. Um, so it actually has been a bit of a, a mental break. But yeah, I'm happy we're kind of uh, getting back underway again and. I'm starting to get the itch a little bit. I'm starting to feel like the summer is just a bit too long. I know what you mean. The funny thing is I'm just about getting into a routine of not having football, having sort of, because the back end of last season was the most consuming professionally, socially time I've ever had following City. It was it was absolutely crazy, as you know, as we all know. Um, but I'm just about getting into a routine. I had a lovely Saturday a couple of weeks ago without any football, but now I'm like, no, I need it. I need it back. Um, did, you, what, did you get up to anything in the summer break? Obviously, you know, we didn't just... just stick you in a cupboard we have been communicating but for for all the lovely listeners and viewers um what did your non-city summer consist of uh yeah i've been up to quite a lot having weekends off um from work has made it so i could do some some camping and backpacking and and stuff like that get out into the woods with which anybody who follows me on on social media will know is basically how i spend all of my time outside of watching football so 
Um, and of course, the MLS season is is still in full swing. So I've been going to the ground every weekend, unfortunately, um, which is why I, if I sound <laughs> bored, it's not that I'm bored. It's that I don't have any voice because I was at the stadium last night. Lovely stuff. How are Portland Timbers doing? Let's move on. <laughs> um, obviously, the last sort of football we spoke about on the show was City winning the treble. Has it has it sunk in for you yet? I think I'm possibly getting... The thing is, for me, it's when I see like tweets from the UEFA Champions League official account and it's like, this is the European champions' best goal of the season or something like that. And I'm like, oh shit, that's City. Yeah, you know, it's funny because... I don't really like have many friends that don't support city. Like my, my entire social network is you guys or, you know, other friends from Manchester or, or whoever it may be. And it, it, and it feels like we're still all kind of stuck in dreamland together, Mm. but it's, it's the rare times in which I'm with other fans. Um, You know, I've spoken on here before. I think I go to a monthly, I play a monthly um, football trivia at a pub in Portland and, and there's, fans from all sorts of clubs there and when I'm with them or when I'm you know with with fans from any other club I can kind of like I feel the superiority inside of me <laughs> and and it does feel real it does feel like yeah we've done something you've never done um but when it's kind of just in our own circles it still doesn't really feel real I, I don't think it'll feel real until maybe next May and we've only won one trophy or or go trophyless and it's like oh this mm. this isn't normal we're supposed to win them all. Yeah, that that's a fear for me as we're build, building up into the new season. You know, the usual preseason sort of conversation, seeing team signing players, and we'll get onto transfers in a minute. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for the new season to start yet. I, I, a bit like Glastonbury Festival, a festival where they have a year off every sort of four or five years. I feel like football needs a fallow year and I think this would be a perfect time you know to have City having won the treble to just have a year off and, and let us soak it in and because we're starting in about three weeks I think that's as, as uh, that, that's when the season starts so yeah I, I don't know mentally if I'm prepared for the campaign yet I think it's all about expectation management if you're expecting in any season to go in and win a treble that's a that's a personal problem simple as that <laughs> there's a reason that for English clubs it's happened twice since what 1832 when the when the mm. football league was founded so it's all about expectation management really yeah yeah absolutely um what are what are your expectations for the new season you know we we're not we don't have a full squad yet and we don't have a complete you know we don't know what city's team will look like when they go to face burnley on the open day or or even when the transfer window shuts but is it because i stuck a tweet out actually asking a similar sort of question but is it city need to now get you know, another Champions League, they need to build on that dominance, or is there a, a sense that, you know, if they went trophyless, it, it, it would sort of make sense because of what's happened before it? I don't think it's realistic to expect to win multiple Champions Leagues in a row. You know, you look at that Real Madrid team that did it, what, won three in a row under Zidane, That's, that was a special team. And I'm not saying the City team isn't a special team, but I think if you want to be considered you know, one of the big boys in the Champions League. It's pretty consistent, if not year-on-year semifinal appearances and, you know, a final every couple of years. I think is that puts you at the top of the table in the competition. Because, again, we talk about expectations. It's it's not realistic to expect to win the Champions League every year. It's just not. We've seen so many City teams that were 
more than good enough to win the Champions League and crash out in quarterfinals and semifinals. And um, because there's, as we know, there's so much luck involved. There's so much fortune that you need. The one bounce of the ball doesn't go your way and, and your whole campaign is over. Um, so I think if if the expectations and for what the club have invested financially and, and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it should be consistent semifinals and finals. You can't expect to win it, but that's about where, you know, the, the big boys should be. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. And I think as, as the season starts, you know, personally speaking, my excitement, my expectations will go up. But but right now, I'm I'm content with what's what's come before it. Um, right, okay, let's let's do something a little bit fun um, because obviously transfer season is in full swing. And I've got a, a quick game for us to start off with. I, I'm dubbing it um, transfer Tinder. So I'm I'm going to put the the power into your hands. You've got the the opportunity to swipe left or right. It isn't going to be on a, a load of hot girls. You're going to actually have to do some sort of uh, sensible uh, thinking right now. But we're, we're going to we're going to list off the the players who are linked with a move away from Manchester City this summer. And I want you to sort of you know don't have to go into too much detail because we'll speak about it later on in the week. But which players you would like to keep? Which players you would like to sell? Sort of maybe not in the sort of the scope of we barely have any plays in the squad left over so we have to keep them you know let, let's say a couple of uh, replacements come in but just in terms of where they are in their city career how important they are I want you to tell me if you're going to sell or keep so let's start with with Riyad Mahrez obviously quite um, strong reports linking him with a move to Saudi Arabia he's 32 years old now he joined in I want to say was it 2018 um, the 2018-19 season so first in at City perhaps a little bit underrated some may argue but he is in the twilight of his career are you swiping left swiping right I don't know which one's which by the way so yeah I I think left sell right keep left sell right keep so is is Mares a sell or is he a keep the NFL is here and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL new customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. I am going to swipe left and sell him. You're going to sell him. Well, what sort of figure do you think would be acceptable like I said he's, he's 32 years old and, and I, I agree by the way I think now is the time to sell him especially if it's not to a, a direct rival like you know a PSG a Real Madrid or you know someone who's, who's going to really improve the team by all accounts I don't think City will play the Al Halal team that he's he's meant to be joining so you know he's, he's going over to Saudi Arabia we, we can wash our hands with him but what do you think would be a, a sensible transfer fee two years left in his contract 30 million is that is that fair yeah. numbers is that a little bit too high again it's a bit weird with with the Saudi money because they tend to pay over market price in both wages and transfer fees mm. as we've seen with with Chelsea so far this summer so 
Yeah, I think 30 million is probably a good range because there hasn't been a drop off. You know, he was he was City's highest scorer mm. in the FA Cup this season. Um I think he may have been City's top scorer last season in total. If I uh well, uh, yeah. Now now I'm conflating last season and, and this <laughs> yeah. season. Two seasons ago now. Um Yeah, there hasn't necessarily and I think he's the kind of player that maybe won't have a drop off because he doesn't mm. need supreme athleticism to be able to do the things that he does. So yeah, I think thirty million is is a fair price. Yeah, so um, I agree. I, th- I think it would be... He, he's obviously now, like a lot of the players in this list, having just won the treble, achieved everything there is to achieve, bar the Super Cup, bar the Club World Cup, you know, those those trophies which City haven't competed in before. But I, I feel like th- there's a lot of players that we'll get onto as well. It now feels like the right time, especially for Mares. He's into his 30s. He's just started a young family. He's not really probably going to get the chance to move to a, another big European team. I could maybe see PSG next season or maybe even later in this window. I don't know. But it, it feels like this is the time for him to get that last big money move. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about life-changing money and stuff like that. But footballers live relative. If, if you're earning 200 grand a week, then you, you probably live in a 200 grand a week lifestyle. So it is, you know, a 600 grand a week contract would be uh, would be pretty life-changing in relativity. Um, let's move on to Imeric Laporte. Now, he's a player who... I think at the start of the transfer window, people expected this one to move fairly quickly. Um, obviously, it was pretty well known that he wanted to leave. He was in tears after the final home final home game of the season against Chelsea. But it's been a bit slow. There's not been really many news reports linking him with moves. Obviously, like most players, Saudi interest is there. But he seems like a player who wants to stay in Europe, at least, and uh, and compete for trophies in, in the European League. So are you, are you keeping? Are you selling? Obviously, he wants to leave. But in terms of City, the makeup of City squad, do you think it's time for him to go as well? Yeah, I'm going to swipe left and, and sell him. Um, okay. I think it's just the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a shame because I think he is... He's one of those players that I don't think has really gotten his flowers at the club in, in the way that I think okay. he, he deserves to. Um, Is that not just symptomatic of the fact City, a little bit like Mahrez, have so many world-class players? You have to be a Kevin De Bruyne or an Erling Haaland to stand out above the rest. You have to do stuff that no other world-class player can do. Yeah, and, and like Mahrez, he was a bit part player in winning the treble. It's as simple as that. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think anyone should forget the back end of the 21-22 season in which he yeah. basically played on two broken legs because City had no centre-back <laughs> options in the last few games of the season. Um, and, yeah, I, I I think it's unfortunate. I think he's an elite centre-back, and I think there are very few clubs in Europe that he goes to and doesn't automatically mm. become one of their best players, simple as that. And this this maybe new era of Pep playing you know, four center backs at, at, at a time. It's a shame that he can't get into that four. And, I, you know, a, a left-footed center back that mm. can play the ball like a midfielder is is rare. I mean, that's that's mm. as good as gold in, in European football. So um, it's a shame, but I think it's just, just time to move on. I have to say, I was somewhat surprised by the report suggesting that City would be open to selling him for, what was it, £25 million or something like that. If you consider Gvardiol is probably going to come in for about £85 million. And obviously there's a, a, a talent gap and there's also quite a big 
age gap in, in, in the two. So it, it makes sense to some degree why Guardiola is more expensive. But £25 million for, for, for Laporte, there's got to, there has to be few teams in Europe. Obviously, we don't know if City are going to sanction a sale to the uh, to a Premier League rival. You'd assume for a player like that, it might be uh, to, to a club that is abroad. But... I'm I'm just I'm a bit shocked that I've not heard the likes of Bayern Munich. I've not heard the likes of PSG or even Real Madrid. You know, teams coming after him because I think he's he's probably behind Guardiola. I'm struggling to think of many better left-footed centre backs in Europe. Yeah, the fee is is a is a weird one, but I think City have a history of this a bit. When when if they really want to get a player off the books and to help fund their replacement, essentially, mm. particularly for a player in Guardiola who. It seems like City see him and, and many in, in Europe see him as a generational talent. You know, I don't like using that yeah. that phrase, yeah. but, um, but, but... But he is, isn't he? He's, he's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of, a once-in-a-generation snatch. Yeah. And I think City kind of see this as, you know, it's different to the Bernardo Silva situation where if he stays, he's going to be top two or three most important players in the team. Mm. Simple as that. Um, if Laporte stays, he's not. You know, we, we just spoke yeah. about it. He's maybe... Fifth in line in in the center back uh, center back charts at the moment. So, um, I think it's as simple as let's get as much money as we can, but ensure that he goes. Put that money towards Gavardi all, and boom, we have a ten year replacement essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let's move on to the play you just mentioned, then Bernardo Silva and. Speaking about mentally not ready, I'm not mentally ready for another Bernardo Silva transfer saga because what are we now into the third consecutive season where the the reports, the stories, the rumours about this man wanting to leave have been circulating. I, I don't know where I'm at with this one because we all know the qualities. We all know how important he is. I don't know if I'm at a stage now where I'm like, I'm just very bored of it. Yeah. What are you saying? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm over it. I'm so I'm so sick of, you know, the kind of briefings of well, if if they get an offer that's you know mm. fair, they'll they'll go because that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. It has to be said. I mean, we're he- whether these reports are true or not, we're hearing reports of big money offers, um, mm. and it sounds like Pep is essentially on hands and knees begging him to stay, which I get it. Um, mm. He's a player that it may take two or three replacements to fully replace everything that he brings to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a guy that in the biggest games of the season, you look at Arsenal away, every Champions League game uh, and, and other big Premier League games, he's played in midfield, on the right wing, and at left back. I mean, <laughs> how do you replace a player like that? And look, the, the left back experiment didn't really work, but... You don't replace a player like that. Mm. You know this. This is one of those situations in Pep when Pep should be crying and say we cannot replace him because we can't really. Um, <laughs> no, no. But for as professional as he's been in the midst of wanting a move away and still kind of leaving it all out on the pitch, that's got to wane eventually. You just mm. you just have to think that any human would get demoralized at a certain point if they're saying they want to go. They're they're being fed these promises of bring us this offer, bring us that offer, we'll happily let you go. Um, mm. And if that's not coming to fruition, then you have to think you you just kind of hit a wall of energy and, and motivation at a certain point. So are you swiping left, so, swiping right, keep, sell? Uh, I know we, we said not to really mention the replacements. You can, you can sell them, 
but you have to replace him with mm. one, probably two players. Yeah. That that do two different things. We're not talking, you know, you're not going to get a like for like replacement. You probably have to sell him and get a midfielder and get a right winger that can press and you yeah. know, keep control of the ball and can take men on and you know, that's that's a really big ask. I I think with this one the issue for City is the fact that those replacements don't really exist or to the the caliber and the talent that Guardiola would like. They they, they just they, they just don't seem to exist. But but finally on Bernardo Silva before we move on. Do you think City might need to shift their own goalposts? And obviously, he's such an important player, but is there a bit of, I don't know, I don't want to say City being disingenuous, but do you keep saying if a, a big a big offer comes in, a, a big team, you know, if, if they provide the right sum, but what is the right sum? Because obviously, Declan Rice has just gone for £100 million, but City have so many good players in midfield, they're not going to, they're, they're not a West Ham who that's a once in a lifetime opportunity to sell a player for such big money. You know, if if Bernardo Silva leaves, it's bad, but it's not detrimental to the club. Do they have to say, you know, £40 million if someone brings it forward? Because I, I agree, at one point, Bernardo Silva's attitude and his commitment in the face of wanting to, to have a transfer is just going to stop. So I, I don't know if City might need to shift their own um, stance on this one a little bit. Because, again, I think it's time for, for them to move on from that as well. You can't keep doing this every season. Yeah, as far as the fee goes, it depends on how the club view replacing him. If they view it through the same lens as me, which you cannot replace him in one go, then the fee has to be kind of astronomical mm. because yeah. you're going to have no to... no one's going to pay. Yeah, you're going to have to get a high-level central midfielder that can go box-to-box box you're going to have to get a high level winger that can you know play that controlled kind of wing style like like we see in Jack Grealish or somebody that can get him behind and you know we you think of that that goal in the second leg of the Real Madrid game where he gets him behind and and gets the ball from Kevin De Bruyne and scores and his arsenal of talents is just something that I don't think we've seen at City in a mm. long long time um so 70 million minimum minimum type of geez. thing i mean yeah I, i'm thinking of it from he, what is he what, what is his just... real value to the club you know we yeah. always say that well their price tag is what the club feel is that his value to them yeah. not what the market value is his value to the club and it's got to be up in that range but then again if if you need to get him off the books if they get to the point where we have to let this guy go 70 million kind of puts you in a box of what, three clubs in Europe can pay it, mm, yeah. and probably two probably. of them don't need him, and and probably two of them are in the Premier League. And would City sell to would City sell Bernardo Silva to a Premier League rival? I, and I does he and, and does he want to go anywhere yeah. in the Premier League? You know, London yeah. isn't that much closer to Portugal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is a little bit closer and a little bit warmer, but um, I get what you're saying. Um, right, okay, then this one should be a fairly quick one. Uh, Yao Cancelo, obviously, loaned out to Bayern Munich in January. By the time you listen or watch this, the, the, the players have probably returned to pre-season training, so we'll get a little bit more news later on in the week as to where his stance lies. But if he's in the squad, in the starting eleven, in the substitutes, when City play Burnley on... August the 14th, 14th, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely not 9th because the Community Shields are 6th, I think the 9th is like a Wednesday, they're definitely not playing on a Wednesday, but basically when when City goes to Turf Moor, if he's in the squad, would you be a happy man? Uh, No, 
I think they should do everything in their power, whether that's, you know, take a loan where they have to uh, take a hit and pay 75% Mm. of his wages. You do it. I mean, we've never seen a situation like this where Pep was so desperate to get rid of somebody from Mm. the squad that they almost, you know, mid-season as well put him in a box and shipped him overnight yeah Yeah. on amazon next day delivery um and i think the way he's acted in between you know we've kind of seen the conflicting reports where where he has kind of said that he doesn't view his his time at city as as permanently done but then you know there's been little little comments slide digs here and there that I don't mm. think has you know sat well with with the fans, and you could see that when he came back to the Etihad in in, in the Champions League. I don't think his reception was all that rosy. I mean, <laughs> you, you were there, I wasn't there, but mm. um, yeah, you get him out as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a route back, there, or at least there shouldn't be a route back. And I think the only possible way there might be a route back for him is if nobody steps forward. And I assume teams will step forward. I know Arsenal are one team currently linked with him, but in the sense that no team steps forward and presents either a good enough offer in terms of loans and paying his wages. And you know, maybe City do say, we'll pay his wages, just get him gone. But I think the club and the player have sort of been hamstrung a little bit by that uh, contract extension he signed two seasons ago now where his uh, expiry date is 2027 because uh, <laughs> he might be uh, we, we might have a, a Bernardo Silva style situation where next summer and the summer after we're speaking about Cancelo still being on City's books but nobody paying the paying the money it's also worth mentioning that he doesn't fit into the team anymore no I mean no, he's, he's almost the exact opposite player of what Pep wants in a defender you know Pep came out at mm. the at the end of last season and said the difference in, in what got us over the line in the Champions League is that all of my defenders on the pitch like defending. They want to suffer. Mm. They want to throw their body on the line and, and all that kind of stuff. Cancelo's not that kind of player. Um, yes, he could do the you know step from fullback into midfield, and he's probably the best defender in the world at stepping into midfield and linking up. And I mean, he's, he's essentially a number 10. But he doesn't fit into where the team is anymore. So that's mm. another thing. If you, if you keep him, he, where do you play him? Unless you unless you make wholesale systemic changes to fit him in, which you're not going to do mm. that for a guy that no one likes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, a little bit of a similar situation with the next player then, Carol Walker. Obviously, traditionally an orthodox right back, traditionally a very fast and overlapping orthodox right back. City obviously didn't really play that way last season, but. Um, it looks as if he's edging closer to Bayern Munich. There's still sort of no concrete news about a fee, what that would constitute, whether or not City are going to accept it. Are you keeping, are you selling him? I feel like this is the, the most difficult one so far. I've, I've got quite a firm opinion based on what we currently know. So I'll jump in after you, but sell, keep, left, right? I've been really torn on this one. And mm. you you know that firsthand. We've had some pretty heated debates in in our group chats about it. I, what is he, 32, 33? Yes, 32. I I think you sell, Mm. which is a change in in tune for me because I have been, I've been on the keep train. I think you sell... And to be honest, I don't even necessarily think you need to replace him. If the if 
the system going forward is these four center backs, then you essentially have three right backs in John Stones, Manuel Akanji, and Rico Lewis. John mm-hmm. Stones and Rico Lewis can step into midfield. Akanji can play that kind of up and down right back. We saw him do it against Bayern Munich and was mm-hmm. tremendous there. Um, yeah, I think you. I think the issue is that it, it seems like the two options are he's gone or he extends for two years, and I think that's yeah. that's too long. I think yeah. he'll hit his yeah. wall somewhere in those two years. I don't think he's hit his wall yet. I think a lot of people have somehow seen a decline that I have yet to catch on to. I thought he's been superb when he comes in. He's now just a victim of a system he doesn't fit into. But if you stuck him on a team in the Premier League Big Six or you know a top team in La Liga or the Bundesliga or whatever, like a Bayern Munich, um, where he doesn't need to step into midfield and he can just go up and down the right and track back and do one-on-one defending against speedy wingers, I mean, there's probably no one else in the world I'd rather have do that. Um but City don't need that anymore. Uh, mm. And I think if your only option is extending him for two years, you don't, you don't do that. I think you, you sell him now. If you could keep him for one more season and kind of help usher in the Rico Lewis era a bit more or, or whatever, he does give you tactical flexibility. You know, there, yeah, were, I, there were times where Pep chose, not out, of, not out of necessity, chose to go back to a flat back four and play Kyle Walker. And it was fine. Yeah, um, quick apology. He is actually thirty three years old, so I, I took a, a year off his um, a year off his exist. I added a year onto his existence there, but I, I, I'm I'm sell I'm sell again, and it goes back to the fact that it's not to a direct Premier League rival. We're not like we did with um, Jesus and Zinchenko, not improving a team that could could fight for the title. He's going over to Germany. We might face him. I don't know, in a Champions League knockout game um, down the line. But I I don't think it's sustainable because a lot of the talk obviously is, oh, well, we're going to miss his pace. First of all, the pace isn't going to last forever. It's a trait in football that we've seen before and it will happen again. When it goes, it goes for players and they sort of render use, sort of not uselessness, but, you know, they're not not very useful when their pace does go. Um, So that's one part of it. The second part is he he, he just, I'm sorry, but I I just don't think he fits this system at all you did a great job against uh, Vinicius Junior but again you can't just wheel a player out for two matches a season when when they have a pacey winger and City did a fantastic job against uh, Bayern Munich they've got some of the paciest wingers in the world so I, I think you know now is again the time it feels like there's a lot of refresh and, and maybe much needed refresh because he's a player Kyle Walker that is who um reportedly was kicking up a fuss when he wasn't getting game time throughout the second half of the season. So um, he's another one on the sell list. We're going to end up with about four players by the end of this. But um, finally then, uh, a little bit of a different one. Cole Palmer, obviously part of the senior team last year, played about six times, I think it was, in the Premier League or, or something like that. Obviously didn't shine as many were expecting him to. Talk of a loan, not a permanent sale. Um this is interesting. Um, I'm probably going to say keep, but that depends on uh, replacements. And I know we said we're not speaking about transfer incomings, but if City are able to go out and get somebody who is going to be able to play 30 games a season, score 10 to 15 goals, and fair enough. Cole Palmer, off you go, go and play regular football. But by all accounts, it seems like the right wing spot's going to be a James McAtee, maybe Oscar Bob hybrid. Um which doesn't fill me in too much confidence if City were wanting to go and add another Premier League title to their to their honours list. Yeah, I think you keep him. Um, particularly if Mares goes. 
if Mares goes, then I think you'd maybe just keep that trio of um, of Academy products, McAtee, Bob, and and Palmer, and just kind of let them duke it out for the season. Mm. Um, I think Palmer is very much a player that, and bear with me in this comparison, was a bit like Angelino. I don't think okay. he's he's gotten a fair shake. I think he's been really good in spells, but he, he very much seems like the kind of player that if he's playing once a month and he's getting 10 minutes at a time, you're just not going to get the best out of him. Yeah. But if he could be put into a situation in which he could play, I don't know, a couple starts here and there, and he could play 30 minutes at a time, be one of the mm. first subs off the bench from an attacking point of view, um, then I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But it wouldn't be like City to have one of the most important positions in the team be three academy kids fighting it out. It just wouldn't. Mm. Um, but, I mean, if if Mares goes and there are reports, whether you believe them or not, that the club don't view Mares as somebody that needs to be replaced. And if that's the case, it is going to be Oscar Bob and James McAtee and, and Cole Palmer, unless Phil Foden is still out on the right wing, mm. which is a possibility. Um but then you're light in midfield. And um yeah, I think you keep Cole Palmer. I think he's a, he's, yeah. he's gonna be helpful with squad depth. Yeah, I, I think he deserves another crack. Um I said it multiple times. I said it with Calvin Phillips, I said it with Sergio Gomez, I'm saying it with Cole Palmer. You can't properly judge a player based off the minutes they got last season because they, they just weren't meaningful. And it's it's unfair on them and, and I'm I'm not pro Phillips or pro Gomez or pro uh, pro uh, Cole Palmer I'm just saying that perhaps maybe give them a, a, a maybe three games that might be enough to see that okay no they're not up to scratch they need to be moved on but you can't do that until you actually do see them there but then um, that brings an end to uh, transfer tinder the second part of today's show will be the first segment in our pre-season tournament the John Stones paint trophy for anyone that's not aware it's named after the old style competition played by clubs in the EFL called the Johnston's paint trophy it's a trivia competition so feel free to play it along at home and let us know how you got on on social media at City Report Podcast across all platforms. But Adam, that's it for your first outing of the season. Um, you feeling good, fresh? Minutes yeah. in the minutes minutes in the throat. That sounds a bit weird. I, I don't like that at all. Um, but I am <laughs> I am happy to be back. Yeah, I don't like being on camera and doing anything with my throat. <laughs> um, I'll be back after this short break for the first quarter final. It's Ollie McCool versus Alex Brotherton. It's a cracker. So stay where you are and we'll be with you after this short advert break. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, small town Welsh football club, is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. 
Welcome to the first segment of the John Stones Paint Trophy. I am your host, Amos Murphy. Um, a quick introduction as to what this is then before we get going. It's our brand new quiz that we'll be hosting annually, perhaps even biannually if you're lucky, where contributors of the City Report podcast go head to head in the bid to be crowned winners of the John Stones Paint Trophy. Um, a draw containing eight different contributors has been done with a straight knockout format starting from the quarterfinals. There'll be three questions for each competitor each in the first round with a tiebreaker if needed also available. Round one will focus on City's treble with a question about the Premier League, FA Cup and the Champions League all to come. So let's meet your first pair of competitors in the blue corner. And it's only blue corners in this parish. You should know that by now is Ollie. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Thanks, mate. Glad to be back. How are we? Yeah, not bad. Are you, are you confident about your uh, your chances here of uh, winning the John Stones Paint Trophy? We did it in in the group chat. We did a little bit of a uh, a pre tournament odds. I think you ranked amongst the the top half, maybe a, you know a two to one or something like that. Yeah, with a bit, with a bit of revision, maybe I could probably I could probably be considered a favourite. But at this moment in time, I've got a brain like fog at the moment. So we'll see we'll see how this goes. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, and in the other blue corner, um, it's, it's a it's a high quality matchup. First of all, it's it's Alex Brotherton. Um, now, you obviously work covering Manchester City a lot of the time, so you know you, you should be doing quite well in this quiz. You'd have thought. Yeah, I'm just hoping uh, I can you know perform with the with the pressure that's on. Um, but yeah, I don't. Know. I think I think um, Ollie's uh, a worthy opponent, so I'm, I'm not I'm not ultra confident. But you know, I'll give it my best shot. Let's get into it then. Like I said, three rounds in the quarterfinal stage. The first one is about the Premier League. Ollie, you've won the toss. You're going first. So here is question number one on the Premier League win. City conceded a total of 33 goals throughout their title winning campaign. But can you tell me who the first goal scorer against City was in the 2023 2022-23 uh, season. So basically the first player to score a goal against City last season. Well, I remember the game, I think it was Bournemouth at home. Or was that was that was that 4-0 or 4-1? Oh god. This is it's immediate pressure, isn't it? Um it's... No, that, no, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was 4-0, so I'm going to say Wacky Anderson of Crystal Palace. Joachim Anderson of Crystal Palace is incorrect, I'm ah. afraid. It was Miguel Almiron, of course, after the summer of Jackie G slating him in the free-free draw. You, I think that was the game after, wasn't it? So if you if you missed that mm. Newcastle draw out, you'd have you'd have got it. So immediately, Alex, you've got a chance to go ahead. Here's your question, uh, your first question about the Premier League. City finished the season having lost five matches out of the 38 games they played. But can you, Alex, tell me who their first Premier League defeat came against? Uh, oh, God. Um, I think the first Premier League defeat of the season for City was... Oh, I feel like it's not, but was it? Was it Liverpool? You feel Away? like it wasn't? 
It was, it was correct, Liverpool. Three. I know that was a less than convincing answer, I have to say, but you do just about take a 1-0 lead heading into round two, which is about the FA Cup. Um, Ollie, your question on City's FA Cup win. On their route to the FA Cup, City faced six sides, but can you tell me who finished the 2022-23 domestic season as the lowest ranked side in the English pyramid, pyramid amongst the opponents they played? Right. Um, oh, so what was it? So FA Cup, so the first game was Chelsea. Then it was Arsenal in the fourth round. Um, there was a fifth round in there somewhere. <laughs> there was a fifth round. There was a fifth. There was a fifth. There was a fifth round. It was, Bur- was it Burn? Burn? Yeah, they didn't get no, a bar, Burnley. Did they? Burnley in the quarterfinal. <laughs> um, Sheffield, Sheffield, Sheffield United and Man United at Wembley. Um, so yeah, oh, God, it's got to be that fifth round then. But I can't remember who. Oh. Who it was we played? Ah, oh, Chelsea, Arsenal. Oof. That middle game. I might have to start pushing. Yeah, for yeah. This is this is bad. It, oh God. I uh, see. The thing is, I know it's going to be that game. I know for a fact it's going to be that game. <laughs> but I can't remember f- who who for the life of me we played in it. Um, so I'm going to have to cop out and say Sheffield United. Oh, so close, so close. Not quite. It was a championship team. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see your face for this, but Bristol City. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> 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 they, finished, they finished the season 14th in the championship. Obviously, Burnley won the uh, the second tier. Sheffield United finished second. Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United all in the Premier League. So, Alex, remarkably... This gives you a chance to to go through to the semi-finals, having only had two rounds of the of the first quarter final. So, um, here is your question. You have to get it right, of course. Stefan Ortega was a standout man for City in the FA Cup run, playing in all six games while only conceding one goal. But which club did City sign him from in the summer transfer window? This is to go through. I've got a shake of the head from Ollie. He's not happy. <laughs> yeah, they signed him from uh, Arminia Bielefeld, oh. uh, who were relegated uh, to the Bundesliga 2. Questionable pronunciation, but yes, that is correct. It was Arminia Bielefeld. They they did um, they did let obviously he left on a free. City snatched him up. So congratulations, Alex. You are into the semi-finals. Before we um, before we we get out of here, we will see. Ollie would you have been able to uh, perhaps keep it alive had Alex not got that right. The round three is about the Champions League, and here was your Champions League question, Ollie. Now playing for pride, much like Manchester United in the final weeks of the season. But Ollie, City faced seven opponents on their way to winning the Champions League but geographically can you tell me which one of those was furthest east on a map um oh god oh um this is a high quality quiz and we've got on on uh, show here uh, uh, in the John Stones Patreon it is and I'm going to protest this because this is three ridiculous questions in my opinion I have I have (laughs) been I have been done up this is you know oh this is horrible. Um, right, so what was it? Seville, Copenhagen. Do- are, are you are you viewing the Champions League section of? This? Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. By, by all intents and purposes, it is it is a complete boo, boo, and boo. 
at this <laughs> uh, to each question. But um, right, let me think. So Copenhagen, Seville, Dortmund in the group stage. Leipzig, Bayern, Real Madrid, Inter. Um, well, you can rule out Copenhagen and Seville. Um, you can. God, do I, how well do I know my geography? Um, I'm gonna go Leipzig. That is correct, but I'm interested. And you said uh, you can rule out Copenhagen because I was looking as I'm doing the question, and and I assumed that it was Leipzig quite comfortably. But we're talking on a map at least millimeters between Copenhagen and Leipzig being the furthest oh, well. east. So you just about just about get it right. A little bit of uh, geography uh, knowledge there for you. But yeah, that is now two one. Alex, can you make it three one um, with your final Champions League question? Obviously, you're already through. But City conceded just five goals en route to winning the Champions League in Istanbul. But can you tell me who scored the first of those five goals in City's Champions League campaign? So basically, again, to reword, who scored the first goal against City in uh, 2020? 22-23 Champions League win. Uh, so, uh, oh, right, so it was Sevilla and then he played uh, um, then he played oh god, I can't remember if it was Dortmund or Copenhagen he played after that. Was it um, was it Jude Bellingham? Didn't he? I swear Dortmund he scored like, uh, yeah, I think Jude Bellingham. Correct. Yes, it was Jude Bellingham. He did that um, that celebration in front of the South Stand that looked a little bit like uh, Mo Salah um, who did that. And then it got Liverpool fans saying that he was off to Anfield, which obviously we know wasn't true. But Alex, congratulations. You're through to the semi-finals. A comprehensive, not quite a whitewash. Ollie did save some face there in the final question. But congratulations, Alex. You'll be taking your spot in the last four. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an honour. You know, when I found my mum, my dad. <laughs> You've not won anything yet. Uh, I'd, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd hold those horses. Um, Ollie, unfortunately, one of the bookies' favourites has been knocked out. So there'll be uh, some some short-changed individuals. I'll be honest, my money wasn't on you anyway, so I've not lost out. But oh, <laughs> commiserations. Better luck next time. Stitched up. Stitched up. <laughs> Thanks, you Eva. Does, does this make me uh, Gianni Infantino or yes. uh, Alex Seferin or someone uh, like that? Um, Amos Amos Anders yeah. Seferin. That's what you are now. That's what you are to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change my Twitter name to that or Fred's name to that instead um, right guys thank you very much and until the next round which will be coming in our next episode we'll see you later make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery great food delivered right to your door by using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.